Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Yo, yo, yo. There he is. That's how you know it's time for a very special edition of Cheap Heat. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, SGG, before we even get started. Welcome to Cheap Heat. I want to give a shout-out to my boy, Ariel Helwani, first of all. Go check out Helwani. You know he does a great, great podcast, his MMA podcast. A lot going on right now um, for his MMA podcast, especially with UFC 249 going on this weekend. I'm very psyched for that. Also, by the way... Make sure you check out our podcast. Chief Pete, you're listening, but are you going in and rating and subscribing and making sure your friends are subscribed and leaving a comment? Because the last couple weeks, all of a sudden, we were out of the ratings. So we could use the love if you can go and, and rate and review on iTunes and wherever you check out podcasts. would love for you to do that. But make sure you check out our boy, Ariel, while you're at it. Also, i got to give a shout-out to our friends at Bambi. B-A-M-B-E-E, okay? When you're running a business, you know HR issues can be a huge pain. All right, wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. There's so much to deal with when it comes to HR. And let's be honest, that's not why you got in to small business because you wanted to run HR. So Bambi can help you. B-A-M-B-E-E, Bambi. You get a dedicated HR manager. You get craft HR policy. Uh, you maintain your compliance. And guess what? It's all for $99 a month. Yes, your entire HR department taken care of for $99 dollars a month okay onboarding terminations they do it all all right you didn't get into business to deal with stuff like this so let bambi help you okay get your free hr audit today go to bambi.com slash cheap right now to schedule your free hr audit that's bambi b-a-m-b-e-e.com slash cheap bambi b-a-m-b-e-e.com slash cheap check them out now, SGG, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm excited for this weekend. Money in the bank. Well, that's not it, SGG. I have a big announcement here. We have more than money in the bank happening this weekend. Oh, yeah. We have, uh, I, was... I, I, I don't want to overshadow money in the bank, but it's going down. Yeah, for those people who saw your, your IG story, they know where this is going. A showdown unlike any other. A hot dog chicken showdown is happening Sunday night during the Money in the Bank pay-per-view so I can have the Jew World Order on Zoom and we will record this moment 
and then bring it to you. And you will have it moments later. You will be able to see Bears selection, hot dog or chicken, SGG. And, are, I mean, do you think chicken's prepared for the battle this weekend? I mean, I got to be honest, man. When I saw your IG story, I was worried a little bit, you know. Um, Why? Why were you so worried? The Hebrew National is, is, a, is a heavy hitter. You know, the, the particular brand of hot dog selected. And then, you know, the brand of chicken I'm, I'm familiar with. Um, You're you know, unfamiliar with or you are familiar with? I'm unfamiliar with I, I've that, heard that. very good things. I'm hearing, uh, I'm hearing great things. Okay, because me personally, I'm unfamiliar with that brand. You know, I, it, it didn't look particularly delicious, but, you know. I receive, Honestly, I wasn't either. I just had to pick a hot dog and pick chicken because I have limited options here of what I could order. But I got many DMs from people, I'm not even kidding, who were like didn't know what I was doing, who were just like, yo, let me tell you something right now. That chicken you got is slapping a lot Hope of people. so, because I mean, listen, listen. Wait, are you already <laughs> trying? Are you already trying to get like get a cop cop out here or something? No, uh, I'm just saying the Hebrew. Never, never. But I'm saying if Bear if Bear was to select a hot dog over over that particular chicken, I understand. But um, listen, it's chicken over hot dogs all day. So Hebrew it's- National is a heavy hitter, though. You you brought out the big guns for this challenge. I'm glad to see you're taking it seriously. Well, I should. I mean, listen, we've been going for a very long time here. So sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm glad to see you taking it seriously. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I'm taking it damn serious, SGG. Damn serious. As you should. As you should. And listen, I hope Bear always has a home over there when he when he disappoints you and, and selects chicken. You know what? You're a bad guy. Um, let me say let me say this, too. Yesterday someone asked me what this was about. Uh Actually, it was Brian Mann, who's a bad guy, who didn't really, who obviously didn't remember, doesn't listen to the actual podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Clearly. Like, yeah, he clearly doesn't care. Um, he waits for us to mention him, and then that's it. But I was explaining to him exactly how we got here, what the story was. And it was hilarious for me to remember you know, the different steps that were taken <laughs> for us to end up at this hot dog chicken showdown. But here we are. Um, now, I want to announce something that's very important to me. This is a big deal, okay? We, our friend, friend of the show, Rob Pearson, has designed artwork, which as you're listening to this podcast, you can now find on Rosenberg Radio, Stack Guy Greg, wherever. Artwork for the Hot Dog Chicken Showdown. And I would just like to announce right here that that will be available as the new Cheap Heat t-shirt. Limited edition. Rob Pearson has done the best designs we've ever had on the Cheap Heat shirts. He's Um, done it again. He's done it again. This one is. Whew. SGG, did I show you yet? I've seen it, yes. Okay, I, I, I couldn't decide because I was holding off for a while. I wanted to surprise you because I'm so excited about, about the design. Um, it's going to be limited as always, um, but it's going to be available uh, ASAP. 
and I just wanted everyone to be able to get it. So in order to do this uh, right away, I have opened a Shopify store, okay? Um, Rosenberg-radio.myshopify.com, okay? Rosenberg-radio, I'm trying it right now because I just started this. Dot my, boom, Rosenberg-radio.myshopify.com. Um, and I'm hoping you could just look up Rosenberg Radio Shopify and it would pop right up. But boom, it's going to be right there and you will be able to order the new cheap heat hot dog chicken showdown for a limited time only. So I'm very excited about this. We'll see what Bear does. We'll post the videos. Feel free to email us, rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. You can DM us or tweet us or Instagram us, Rosenberg Radio Stack Guy Greg. All your thoughts, predictions on what you think will happen at the big hot dog chicken showdown. Bear's been training. <laughs> How has Bear been training? I actually am not 100% sure. Um, Bear's not even in my house right now, but he will be back <laughs> on Sunday. And let me tell you one thing. He's going to be ready, okay? This dog was born ready to eat. When we found him on the Upper West Side in that little pen outside of the of the gym, the, the New York Sports Club, um, being given away with other repug dogs. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't need to bury the other dogs. I'm sure they were sweet, and I, I hope they all found homes. But we said, what is that weird-looking, elongated mutt? And... I looked over and he had found his mom. That was it. He had, he found us and he decided you're taking me home. And let me tell you, the dog has not stopped eating since. And that, that mentality, a dog who came, mind you, from a kill shelter in Los Angeles. There the dog is from Los Angeles. Don't ever get it twisted. Defying the odds. From, from exactly SGG, from a kill shelter in LA. To living a plush life in Manhattan. He has done it. And at 10 years old, he may have his biggest day on this planet on Sunday when the hot dog chicken showdown goes down. So we are ready. We are excited. Cop a shirt. Enjoy the moment. Uh, I'm very excited about it. SGG, what's, first of all, is there anything going on outside the ring before we get into uh, money in the bank, etc. So, um, uh, one small bit of news that I that I saw yesterday, and you saw it too, actually. We talked about this a little bit in the group chat. Is this new WWE show that is going to be on the A and E network um, that'll feature Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, and some WWE superstars just going out and trying to retrieve, you know, rare artifacts and memorabilia from the history of wrestling is is going to be coming soon they announced that it was in development and you know i'm i'm very excited about that just that whole concept well uh, me too um especially because sgg there's so much opportunity i mean the the items that could be found the 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 things we didn't ever know existed, although there are going to be some things that make me upset, I'm sure. I'm sure. Right. You know, like, am I going to see something that I'm like, 
how does that exist? How did I know about it? And now I can't ever get it. I won't be able to get it. Yeah. I mean, of course there's those, there's those things that like, like you said, we didn't even know about never hit the market. Even probably there's probably going to be some things like that, that like never were never readily available for like public consumption that we never even seen. Like I, I'm sure they're going to be some, some belt makers who have some things that we've just never, never knew were there. And, and I mean, you had a great idea yesterday, to be honest with you. I mean, listen, you know where my mind goes anytime I hear the, the, the name WWE. The I go right to, right to my goat, my boat, Bret Hart. The Hitman. That's right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And like I said, what, what piece of, mem- I mean, there's thousands of Bret Hart glasses out there that were given away over the years, but, but if you had to think of one, that would mean a lot for that. That's definitely a lost treasure. It's the one, it's the last one he gave out at, at Montreal. Hmm. You're talking about the screw job. Yes, I am. I am. The glasses that he gave out at the screw job. I mean, that would be an unbelievable item. Who could even have that? I mean, oh, I do for- you have any idea where those could be? Oh, I forgot. I have them. <laughs> I forgot SUG. Um, yeah, the story of me getting those is a cool one, and my hope would be that that, that where I got them from, there's a bigger story because I got them from a as a gift from a um a vintage. Well, he doesn't just do vintage; actually, he sells all kinds of glasses, and you can look him up. He's a fun follow on Instagram with a lot of followers. Um, if you look him up. It's uh, Vintage Frames, my boy Corey Shapiro from Montreal. And if you follow Vintage Frames, you'll see this guy's got 211,000 followers for vintage sunglasses, okay? And this is the guy who said he found these and gave them to me. So I don't have proof that they're real, except for the fact that they have the ticket stub, they have like a little advertisement, they were in a frame already, and they were given to me by the biggest vintage glasses guy in Montreal. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. I, I take it as legit, but I don't know what the story is and maybe maybe he could tell us and find that story. Listen, man, I, I don't doubt. I don't doubt. Like when because you have to think, like this is his brand too. He's not gonna That's play right. around. That's right. Although by his the way, he brand. didn't he didn't even quite understand the history. He just said I have something I want to give you. Do you want these? And I was like, excuse me? That's basically it. Like, that's how legit it is. It's not even like he was trying to gas me up. He was like, yo, I just have these. And that's how most of these treasures are, are found. Like, Correct. Too. Like, they're just sitting in somebody's somebody's house. They don't know the value. And then here you are, just gifted the screwjob glasses. Um, Anything else, SGG? Um, that was the biggest bit of outside the news, outside the ring news that I saw. Um, you know, there was, um, ACH was back in the news a little bit. He made, he, he apologized to WWE apparently. Um, he said he felt like he handled things poorly with the, with the whole, you know, them making the shirt and then him taking it to social media. So for some reason he felt the need to apologize to WWE about that. Um, okay. 
You know, there was some speculation. I, mi- I missed that. that. I, didn't, I didn't even see the apology. Yeah, I saw, I saw like a brief clip of it, but I mean, I, again, like the they owed him an apology. I felt, and then once he got it, you know, it was up to him to handle it how he wants. If he feels like he handled it poorly, then you know, I guess I have no choice but to respect that. But at this point, I don't know. I, I don't I, know that it does anything. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, we're at a point right now. Or if your story isn't immediately relevant, like right now, what are we talking about? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's hard to cut through at this point. Anything else, SGG? Uh, no, that was it. That was all. What, did you watch wrestling this week? I did. I watched NXT. I watched Monday Night Raw. Um, I actually really enjoy. I actually heard AEW is very entertaining on Wednesday, but I did not watch because I am a sellout and I will not watch. No, no, I just I didn't get around to it. <laughs> I was I had to watch Raw. Um, SmackDown. Um, I haven't even seen NXT yet either, but I had to get prepared for the Money in the Bank kickoff on Sunday, so I was getting dialed in with everything, all things WWE. Tell me about NXT, uh, SGG, though. I know some big things happened. So Charlotte Flair defeated Io Shirai. I, I really enjoyed that match. Um, the NXT Cruiserweight Championship match rolled on. Akira Tozawa remains undefeated, um, as did Kushida. They're undefeated in that, that tournament. Um, Cameron Grimes looks like he's about to start feuding with Finn Balor, which I think is going to be give us a, a fun match, at least one fun match. Um, they had a fun little moment. Adam Cole defeated Velveteen Dream. He's still the, the NXT champion and longest reigning NXT champion. Um, but yeah, Charlotte and EO, I think they had the match of the night, stole the show. Rhea Ripley returned. First time um, since so Mania, good- right? Yeah, first time since Mania, so you'll be happy about that. She returned and she immediately went after went after Charlotte Flair. Although it's it's funny, right? Um, the last time she came in while Charlotte was doing a post match beatdown, she you know took the time to do her entrance and all that. But this time she like went straight to business, went right at Charlotte. Uh, no entrance, no nothing. So I, I, you have to think that they heard the they heard the criticism and they adjusted accordingly. And then you know. Karrion Cross debuted, mm. and um, it was, if I had to describe it in one word, which I don't, but I will anyway, it, it was mage. Um, it seemed like they got a lot of chatter. Yeah, he did. Very impressive debut. The entrance, like, you're definitely blown away by the entrance. Um, I, I feel like it might have a shelf life. I don't know how long they can they can do that entrance like that, especially... Um, when audiences come back and then, you know, people see it week after week, but for a debut, great entrance. And then, you know, for big matches for like a takeover or something like that, it definitely, definitely would work. How, when is our next, uh, takeover? I don't know. I don't know because, you know, the last one, was canceled um so that we could do that that uh two night mania uh we got to take over matches over the course of you know a few weeks on nxt TV. we finally got that championship match that i'm not i don't even remember if it was announced or if it was even advertised but people presume that would be the match adam cole versus velveteen dream we just got that um so i don't know when we get the next one I really don't. You know, 
I feel like the next one might have been on the schedule for for SummerSlam. But again, if we actually get there, is totally different than them putting it on the schedule because TakeOver Tampa was on the schedule and um, we all remember what happened with that. Question for you. Do you think that, is there anything better about NXT right now than Raw or SmackDown? Does it feel more normal being in the empty performance center or is it is it all generally the same to you? It is all generally the same, especially, I mean, NXT... I feel like the no crowd thing impacted them the most out of all all the shows in wrestling. And I'm including AEW in this because, you know, AEW was sort of finding their footing. Um, the crowd was very much important to AEW, but, you know, they were sort of finding their footing. Raw crowds, we discussed it on the show, they can be hit or miss at times depending on, you know, the city they're in, who's in the ring. And sometimes even in a major city that you expect the crowd to be live and lit the whole time, they they would disappoint you Um SmackDown, same thing, but NXT is like that full sell crowd has done so much to sort of go into business for themselves and put themselves over that not even just having them to chant like randomness, whether it's Mama Mia or whether it's a you know a Charlotte Flair chant or you know anything like that, not having them, um, you sort of notice it the most, but in 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 this COVID era with these, with these crowdless shows, um, the NXT sort of just feels the same as, uh, Raw and SmackDown. Not particularly better, uh, you know, aside for these phenomenal matches, but, you know, it feels sort of the same, but they definitely do miss the crowd. Um, so SGG, without any further ado, I guess we should get into where things stand for Money in the Bank. Let's real quick, do you mind taking us through the non Money in the Bank? Let's let's kind of quickly go through mm-hmm. the other matches because let's be honest, all the focus here is on the Money in the Bank matches. Yeah, so um there's a fatal four way for SmackDown Tag Team Championships. New Day, who are the champs versus Miz and Morrison versus the Forgotten Sons versus Lucha House Party for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Then you have Bailey versus Tamina for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship. And Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship. And I'm wondering if they throw in uh, Street Profits versus... Uh, Viking Raiders as a as a last minute addition for the Raw Tag Team Championships, although that's not announced. But it feels it does feel like it it could be. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, does anything on that part of the card do it for you? I mean, Seth Drew, they they've they've wrestled before. They've had they've had some bangers, uh, maybe with the higher stakes. And you know, this is a new Drew and a new Seth that we're seeing right now, and championship is on the line so maybe this higher stakes um could could produce a top level match can i barely tamina doesn't really do it for me no can i tell you what confuses me about the whole card what's that why did they why did they decide to do both money in the bank match at the same time chaos 
and then and then they'll, they'll just have it take longer. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it could. It's probably what's going to happen is you know we get like a little bit over a three hour show, and then those two Money in the Bank matches take an hour. Maybe Nia Jax crosses paths with some of the men. Uh, I don't know. Here's the way. Here's the way I look at. I look at it. Okay. My thought is, you want to be outside of that performance center as much as possible. We all we all agree on that. We we all saw you know WrestleMania and what the strengths and weaknesses of WrestleMania were. So to me, you have an opportunity to have essentially maybe almost two hours worth of matches, 45 minutes each, in the Money in the Bank ladder matches that are outside of the Performance Center and in the corporate offices. To me, it's the most fascinating thing thing about the event. It's something they could have done at some point, even if there was no pandemic. And by putting them together at the same time, while they may make it a bit longer than it would normally be, you're not maxing out the time you can get from the most entertaining part of the show. Because once we go back to that arena SGG, you're looking at a whole bunch of just regular matches with no steps um, inside the Performance Center. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to see how, it, how it's executed. I feel like maybe the thought process behind it was... That, you know, you take it out of the performance center, you put the matches on at the same time, and then they don't have to, like, reset, right? They don't have to say, okay, this match, you know, start one at the beginning and do one at the end or anything like that. They can just run them at the same time. But who cares? They were, they were, they're pre-recorded anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Like, cause here's the way I look at it. And that's not, I'm not, I'm not talking out of school to say that. It's everywhere, but Braun and Bray. No step. It's for the universal championship that Braun has. Bailey versus Tamina for the SmackDown Women's title. No step. Drew versus Seth for the, the WWE championship. Um, Drew champion, of course. No step. SmackDown tag title match. Fatal four way. That'll help a little bit. But you know, there's no step really. Um, so everything else, the entire card, is a pretty straightforward match. So you think they close? They have to close with Money in the Bank, right? They have to. If you that, if, that, if you open if you open with it, people are out. Yep. And 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 SGG, I guess it, what what should be mentioned when we talk about outside the ring right now is these ratings. Do this, they matter as much? Um, I think all of it matters, man. You know, you really, you really don't want to see numbers going down the way they are. How about this? So I guess, WWE, I guess what I mean, WWE, do they matter to me? To you? Well, to the average fan, like, should they matter? No, fans enjoying the product shouldn't care about ratings, but... The ratings are an indicator of how much fans care. 
That's the problem. So, for example, WWE Backstage did not make it in the top 150 for Tuesday, so the numbers are unknown. I mean, the... Top 150 on Tuesday. They couldn't even get a rating. That's not and good. you know what, though? With their time slot, too, I mean, what are they up against? Like, King of Queens? Yeah, old old stuff. Just reruns. Golden Girls. But, I mean, that's that's not ideal. Um, but, you know, um, it, it Raw has collapsed to a record low. Hour one, 1.8 million. Hour two, 1.6 million. You can round up to 1.7 if you want. And hour three, 1.56 million. Now, the good news, Raw was number three, four, and six in the 18 to 49 demos. Okay. But its average rating was a .46, which is incredibly low for them. And that's not about total number. That's about your rating up against other things. Um, so, but his, are ratings down across the board in television? Yeah. Um, yes and no. I mean, ratings for things like sports are obviously way down, you know, because there are no live sports to watch. Um, okay. but in theory, the purpose of continuing to run the show as you are is because you can be one thing that people will stick with. Um, so my question is, is just what are you getting out of this? And would you have been better off going to, like we talked about, you know, hosted content, throwback matches, Etc. Etc. Could they have done that though? Like, what do their TV contracts look like? Right? Like, could they have done? Like, what was the out? You know what I mean? Because even now, right? They did some throwback matches and and all that stuff, but then they found themselves now raw live three hours. Like, why? Why the sort of um, you know, reset on that? Because I feel like that was working. You know. Chop the show essentially in half. Um, some throwback matches that people want to see, first of all. Highly entertaining. And then you could fill like an hour to 90 minutes of time with that. And then advance the storylines with a tighter, cleaner show for the other stuff. But then, you know, they made the decision to go go back to a live format with, with three full hours. And you have to wonder if some of that is because... Uh, their contracts dictate. No, this is what you, this is what your show needs to look like. Yeah, listen. I mean, that's exactly what I'm confused about, and I don't know what was dictated to them. I don't know. Yeah. So, so, but here we are, and uh, it's a bummer. I, I, I worry. The worry is is that if you lose people, they're not coming back. Yeah. You know, once they're gone, they're gone. 
And his, the wrestling fans are coming back, and the casual fans will go anywhere. So you're sure they're coming back, but you have to remember when things got weird in the Monday Night Wars, there are people who left and never came back. That was a thing. Yeah. The numbers overall went away, period. You were talking about both Raw and Nitro both getting five, six shares, four or five shares. So when it, when it, when WWE ended up winning out and the numbers ended up being a four or five, what happened to the other four or five that were also wrestling fans? They went away. Yeah. So, um, it's not easy. It's not easy to figure out what needs to be uh, done here. I, I don't have an easy answer. But let's talk about Money in the Bank and what could be a good thing because this is what I'm most excited about in a minute is this new format for Money in the Bank. So what what are your thoughts on this match? Who you think is likely to win? What makes the most sense? Where will where will we see things go? Well, nothing makes the, nothing makes sense with these matches, right? So, I mean... For the women's one, I'll I'll just go with what I would like to see, and that is I would like to see Shayna Baszler with the with the Money in the Bank briefcase, um, and just have her hanging over whoever the champion's head is, right? Whether it's you know Becky Lynch still, or if Becky unfortunately loses the championship to someone, or you know even a scenario where where Ronda comes back and then gets the title from Becky and then Shayna cashes in on her after a hard fought match. I'd, I'd just love to see Shayna Baszler hanging over whoever the champion's head is because that um, for them is a terrifying thought that for us makes up for some, for some good entertainment. And then on the men's side, um, you have to think they might, they might throw it to, See, I don't know. I was going to say King Corbin, but he had it already. But I could see him with it again. This is a completely different Baron Corbin. Um, could go with Alistair, but it doesn't make sense for him to just carry around a briefcase like that. It doesn't, Can't doesn't picture fit. It. Yeah. Um, Ray would be cool, but his career is winding down. So the men's side, it doesn't look as clear to me. I mean, could be AJ. But, but you know what? My heart was with King Corbin, so I'm going to go King Corbin as my, as my pick. I think it's got to be makes... a- AJ Corbin or Daniel Bryan. Yeah. There are people, but Aleister Black's going to be in that conversation. There are going to be people out there who just think it's Aleister Black because he's clearly been getting a push. Um, So that's a reasonable, Aleister Black's a reasonable thought as well. Um. Probably the most, honestly, I think Alistair Black's probably the most reasonable. Because is so? Well, isn't that what Money in the Bank is for? To take someone and, and elevate them a bit, you now always have to keep an eye on them? Or, or do you think, yeah. or maybe you argue it's already working for Alistair Black, he doesn't need that, but. Right, that's what I'm thinking, because like when you think about who's, who's won the Money in the Bank briefcases, right? It's, it's these guys who, like you said, they needed something extra to get them to that next level. Um, I don't, I don't know that Alistair Black needs that. I think he can go to the next level on his own without it. Because, like, when Edge took it, he was a perennial mid carder jumped into the main event. Same thing with Daniel Bryan, CM Punk. Um, 
you go down the line and look at those winners, and these are guys who are like clearly in the mid card, moving into the main event with the money in the bank. And Alistair Black is a guy who is not that. He's headed into the main event. You can see it. Um, so I don't know that he needs it. But then again, you can say the same thing about about all those guys. Like any time they could be dropped into the main event, maybe less so Otis. But the other guys can go right to the main event at any point. So I don't know what you have to say about this, what I'm going to say to you right now. But uh, I've actually enjoyed the uh, – I'm enjoying the Otis story. Oh, of course. Everyone is. I, I think it's – are people universally saying that it's the it's the best thing going? Yes. Because it really is. Like, to me – now, listen, I think – like Dipperstein told me the other day, He's a little over the yeah, like he's had enough. I'm not. You still, not. You're, you're still popping. Yeah, I need more. Dip, Dip thinks they're relying on it. I think too much. I, I think I, I I like it. I like I, it gives Dolph something meaningful to do. It's such a perfect role for him to be the foil for Otis. You somehow are starting to believe Otis and Mandy in some way. you know what i wish though it's like post attitude era it's like attitude era the the romance was so over the top it was almost like it had to be like offensive with how dirty it was but it's sort of like past attitude era they're scared to have it look actually romantic at all you know what i'm saying kind of it it all reminds me of the end of Romeo Must Die when Jet Li hugs Aaliyah. <laughs> Y'all just made an entire romantic movie based on the relationship in theory between Jet Li and Aaliyah. And at the end when they see each other, they're sitting down, they lean in and hug each other. Which which by the way I have in- tons of theories about. Um let me hear one. What's one? Well, they're, they're deep, not tons of theories. It's really just one theory, but it's about how the way we are about interracial couples, interracial dating in America, you know, is everyone thinks of the real controversy being black and white. But in that moment, it was a black woman and an Asian man. And the way that the Asian man has been treated in media and, and entertainment has been generally so terrible and stereotyped and put in such a box that they didn't allow or think it would be believable to have the kiss between Jet Li and Aaliyah. Why else would you have a couple at the end of a movie that doesn't kiss? It literally doesn't happen. Yeah. I just thought they thought people would respond, you know, in a way that's uncomfortable. And I think you might be onto something. You know, like to me, it was just so weird. I was like, really? What crowd's going to be offended? Are black people going to be offended by seeing Aaliyah kiss Jet Li? Are Asian people going to be offended by seeing Jet Li kiss Aaliyah? 
Uh, it's I, like you said too. They spent the whole two hours conditioning people to accept this romance, and now they hug. That's weird. It just made me, it made me because also you know listen I've I've always heard over the years I try to be I try to I try to pay attention to other people's plights in American society and I'd heard before from Asian friends about the and just articles about the sort of emasculation of the Asian man in pop culture in America. So when I saw that, it stood out to me. Of like, damn, the Asian man can't get his kiss from the hot chick at the end of the movie? Yeah, I think you, I think you, I, excuse me. I'm just, SGG, you know, I all right? The, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. I was about to, I was about to, you know, say a bleep word. Sounds like you I did. Think you, I, think you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Anyways, if any if any of our Asian listeners remember Mine's that. Mine's blown with that. I got you. Listen, man, if any of our Asian listeners have ever seen Romeo Must Die and have thoughts, please feel free. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. But my point is this. It's actually, while not racial, um, a body image sort of thing that we're seeing with Otis and Mandy. Yeah, that was the driving force behind the whole thing. That's what made it so like, like, oh, this is cute. He's like, that's what everybody thought she was actually going to play him. But now, she didn't. but now that we're at the point where they're supposed to actually be dating, I'd like to see them lean into the, you know, and, now listen, the story, the ends may justify the means. Excuse me. So the end may justify it where if Mandy ends up turning on him and being with Dolph, which by the way could mean a, could, could be a very badass heel little team there. Um, they together they would look like such heels, but if it goes there, well, then you may understand. Well, that's why we never saw her actually being very romantic with him. But if they're supposed to actually be romantic, you know, it shouldn't all be just her patting him on the shoulder and a kiss on the cheek, yeah. the, the lean in, slow peck on the cheek. Come on, come on. So, anyways, um. I uh, I don't think Otis though. I think I think we'll see something play out in the storyline with Mandy and and Dolph in terms of Otis's involvement um, in Money in the Bank. And um, as for the women, my yeah. As for the women, it feels mostly cut to me. But what do you think? I think it's. I think it's it's obviously to me one of the first three names listed. They list Asuka, Shayna, and Nia Jax first. To me, it's one of those three. To me, it's more the most likely between Shayna and Nia Jax. And and where do you see the future of this division? Um. Well. Is there any chance one of the SmackDown ladies win? Any chance one of the SmackDown... You know, listen, if they decided that it's Dana's time or or they really want to get Lacey back in the mix more than she's been... I mean, Carmella's already won twice, right? Yeah. <laughs> she has. The first two. So, hard for me to imagine it's Mella a third time, though there is something to do there, for sure. 
What about you? Do you think any of the SmackDown ladies have a chance? No. I mean, I want to because they're there and like you want to, you want to treat them all as threats. They all earn their spots. Um, but you look over on the raw side, right? You got Nia Jax, the face breaker. You have Shayna Baszler, the only two time NXT champion who, you know, choked everybody out to, to get that. She's the only two time NXT the only two time. Well, no, Charlotte Flair is also two time. Oh yeah. Now Charlotte first, is. She's the, the first, first two time NXT champion. Right. Right. Choked everybody out to get there. Chewed through everybody at the elimination chamber. Um, and you have Oscar who went undefeated for almost two years. Undefeated as champion in NXT. Um, you know, raw side stacked. <laughs> I mean, raw side stacked. It's for sure. Yeah. Is who are we? Mi- oh, because Bailey and Sasha are SmackDown, but Bailey's involved yeah. in her match, and yeah, and Sasha's been involved in that too. Naomi, I don't know why Naomi, you know, didn't get the look in the Money in the Bank, but yeah, I think that's a good fit for her Money in the Bank. So that's weird. I might have had Naomi in there instead of Dana or Lacey, but same, same. But again, this is a different kind of Money in the Bank. You know, maybe Money in the Bank wouldn't make as much sense for Anaya Jax or an Otis in a regular setting. But with it being them in the building, so now SGG, how do we envision this going? Are we seeing fighting in elevators? Some gonna go elevators, some gonna go stairwells, some gonna push every button in the elevator so the doors are opening and closing. You know, what? They're, they're, are we going to pop into offices, conference rooms? Are you going to see random people? Are they going to make it funny where you see, you know, randomly IRS is hanging out in the on the on the third floor working on the taxes? You know, are they going to make it a goof? Are they going to make it really dark and intense? Where where do you see it going from a feel standpoint? I think it's going to start out goofy and then get more intense as they go up, right? I mean. You know, the fighting in the elevator is a real thing that could happen. If they go that way, the elevator has to get stuck for a little bit. I mean, and maybe that could be a way to try to, like, take people out, right? You go in the elevator, you fight in the elevator, you're stuck, and now your chances are you're, you're, you're written out of the Money in the Bank match. <laughs> like, um, definitely some brawling in the staircase. You have to go into the offices. You have to go – you have to imagine, right, that – they go through Triple H's office and, and you know, there's, there's got to be some sledgehammers in there. Um, some old-timey belts you can knock people out with. Um, there's got to be some cool stuff in Triple H's office that they got to be able to use. And then, I don't know, once it gets to the roof, though, I, I fear, because they've said it so much, I think that somebody actually is getting thrown off the roof. Oh, you think so? Yep. Wait, how many people have referenced it? Um, AJ, refer- AJ referenced throwing uh, Daniel Bryan off, right? It was rough, and and King Corbin, uh, King Corbin said he'd throw somebody off, off the roof. Uh, I don't know why that's the focus. I don't know why that's the focus. It's just such an unrealistic. I don't know why that's the. I just I don't get going there, like. Really? Someone gonna get murdered? Yeah, I mean, but remember, right? You think you say, "All right, that's not gonna happen." It's a goof or whatever. 
And then you remember WCW did it in like '95 with the Big Show. That's how we. That's how we meet the Big Show, right? He, he, he's in the Monster Truck match. Hulk Hogan, Dungeon of Doom. He gets out, attacks, and then he falls off the side of the roof. And so, like, if they did it with the Big Show way back when, what's to stop WWE from doing it in like this super controlled environment, a cinematic match? Where, you know, they have time to do like takes and reshoots and different things like that. Somebody's definitely going off that roof. You're probably I don't right. Know who and I don't know what it looks like, but somebody's going off the roof. Maybe, then, maybe Shane McMahon will show up just so we can jump off the roof. <laughs> maybe, maybe. By, by the way, have, somebody, you, have you seen have you seen Sammy Guevara getting run over by Matt Hardy on AEW? I did. Oh man! Wow, I hadn't seen that. That Sammy, my lord! Yeah, that was a hell of a. I don't even know how to describe that. Like, I mean, it looks like he in. It looks like he really tried to do it the way he did, right? Yeah, he and that's like probably the safest way, right? You can't take on the whole thing, but like, just a nice little. See, I, I don't even know if I could even call it that though. It's crazy. I was gonna say just like a nice little bump off the windshield. Oh my god! There's no. It's it's. <laughs> that, but that even even leaving my mouth, those words sound crazy. Yeah, no, that sounds insane. That's that's absolutely nuts that Sammy did that. That's why a nice little bump off the windshield. Yeah, okay. So I'm very excited for Sunday. Uh, I'll be doing the kickoff show first. Uh, I hope you guys will. Um, I hope you guys will tune in to the kickoff show. It's a different look. Obviously, things are very different right now. So I believe it's me, Scott Stanford, and Elise Ashton. Um. This is not going to be your typical kickoff show. So I'm going to get after it on Sunday. I'm going to drop gems. I'm going to drop bars. And hopefully I will fit into my suits because I am about 25 pounds thinner than the last time I wore these suits. So I could be swimming a little bit. Um, SGG. You can't even take them to get tailored now, right? No, no, no. I mean, maybe you can, but I'm not. Um, you want to hit a little uh, mail real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Mail. Louis writes us and says, "Hey Pete, popped hard for your conversation with Dip last week about 1980s Joe Bears hero jobbers. I have one piece of vintage merch in my house, and it is the poster from the very first live event I attended. Seven-year-old me had no idea what a quote C-list show was, what a C show was." But when I found this poster, I realized we were definitely it. Still would never pass up the chance to have CV Alpha's name, to have, to have CV Alpha's name proudly displayed on my walls. Speaking of dip, with uncut gems hitting Netflix this month, can we get a watch along commentary from you, dip, and SGG? Just a thought. That was, that's a fun idea. Yeah. And I've never seen uncut gems too. So you get my un, unfiltered, your uncut thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Now you get my uncut gems on uncut gems. I, 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 for the record, this is a great thing that he did, and I have tried to look around for the info on my first card. I would love to get mine. Um, I went to two matches and two events. I think both in '87. We've talked about it many times, but yeah. anyways, he sent me a beautiful display from his home. It's definitely uh, the seashell. Palmer Auditorium. Davenport, Iowa. Uh, junkyard dog. Is it dog versus Orndorff? 
No, those are the those are the men in the battle. Oh, these royal. Are, this is all the battle royal listings. That's amazing. So it's a fifty thousand dollar twenty man bunkhouse battle royal. By the way, man, do they know how to sell you on a house show? That that sounded like such a big deal. It's literally nothing. <laughs> Whoa, Scott McGee was in it. The famed Scott McGee. Yep. Wow. Hacksaw Duggan. Not doesn't even say Jim. Rougeau Mr. Brothers. Fuji. Mr. Fuji was in it. Johnny V. Dino Bravo. Moondog Spot. Cowboy Bob. Then you got JYD versus Orndorf in a match also. So they're doubling up on them also. Yeah. <laughs> the same. Um, so how, how much, how much, for the battle royal. yeah, I wonder which is first. Because if that was first, how much you want to bet Orndorf eliminated JYD or vice versa? Yeah, they had to. Then you have Martel and Zinc against Morocco and Orton. So they're all doubling up also. <laughs> this is horrifying. And then it says, plus outstanding preliminary matches. Ticket prices, $12, 10 and $8. Amazing. Amazing. All right. This is a long one. Oof. Oh, my gosh. This is too much. Ashley, well, did you look at this one? Which one? The long time. First time, long time? Yeah. There's just so much. Mail. It's it's too much, but I want to shout this guy out. I can't read it. Andrew writes us, and he said he's been listening to Cheap Heat since the very first episode popped up in 2013, he believes, which I think sounds right. But then he goes in to a really long email. And has the, the self-awareness, though, I appreciate. Now is the time when I turn into a weirdo on the internet. Yeah. But it, it goes into a David Starr conversation, who's an indie guy. Great indie guy. According to him, one of the best on the planet. Um, he's really good. Yeah, no, I, and, and you might have heard about him. Yeah, from he's a, he, he believes in a union, so probably won't go to WWE. Um, but he then goes on to say that he would argue that the multi-year feud between Walter and Jordan Devlin rivals Ciampa Gargano, Ciampa Gargano for the best feud anywhere in recent years. Um, anyways, he then uploads seven matches in chronological order to a Google Drive. Wow, just for us to enjoy? That's the epitome of enjoy yourself right there. Wow. I'm looking right now. Hello and welcome to this special report from OTT Wrestling. I am your host, Angus McAnally. And joining me... Wow, he uploaded the... But Angus, as much as it does literally pay me to say it, it's a one-sided rivalry so far. Wow, so cool. Well, I'm going to go through and watch this David Starr stuff. And Walter Devlin and, 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 wow, that's amazing. So I'm down. Thank you, dude. I will, uh. Um, Maybe something for the Zoom. We got some Walter Devlin action. We get some, putting in the, 
in the same category as Champa Gargano. So, anyways, maybe we'll, we'll watch it and talk about it another time. Thanks, dude. Um, let's move on, shall we? Mail. Brandon writes, Sid Vicious. Sid's a Hall of Famer, right? Man evented two WrestleManias. Man evented two major pay-per-views versus HBK. Any thoughts? I mean. Relative to who? Yes, he is. Right. He is. He, he is relative to what exists as the Hall of Fame. But it is. And also not for those reasons. You don't just, just because you made a vent WrestleMania doesn't make you automatic Hall of Famer. No. Especially when it's like, were those, were those the greatest WrestleMania main event? Those are probably like in the bottom five WrestleMania main events. Yeah, I agreed. And, and Sid, a totally a mixed bag as a wrestler, but you know, when you go back and watch the mid nineties, you realize he was around for a while and, and on, and, and near the top for a while. But I don't know, man. If the Hall of Fame was a really serious thing, I believe Sid's not in. I, I feel pretty strongly about that. To me, he's not in, but seeing as it is what it is, I believe he's in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I was I was trying to assess where I fell on that, but I I feel like I agree with you that you know I enjoyed his work. He wasn't spectacular. Or like you know, you drop him in any category that you could think about. You know, best WWE champions. He's not among. I mean, he had the title. He had the WWE title as well. I guess for him being one of the few men to have both, that might squeeze him into the Hall of Fame. But like. Other than that, there's not really much of a case for him just on a pure analysis of his career. Yeah, I, I don't think so. That's where I'm at, SGG. But it's a very good email. Um, John wrote us... Mail. Big fan of the show. Uh, came across WrestleMania 21 movie promos. Forgot how hilarious they are. Um, and he goes on and sends us the link. I, I watched them recently. They're phenomenal. But if everyone's looking for a laugh and some good stuff, um, check it out. Um, let's. Nick writes us and says, "Hey, Peter and Greg, first big fan, friend of Mister Linder. I don't know if you know this. He worked for dot com. <laughs> did you know that, SGG? I did not. I did not know that. Linder worked for dot com. Um." He said, I've seen you guys at Heat and Greets, said what's up at live events, etc. Long story short, firing my shot here. I wrote a fiction poem love song about pro wrestling in the age of division and loss in this country. It's not only about confronting problems in our society, but how we can heal ourselves. The book is on Instagram. You can read it in a scroll. Think of Canterbury Tales but wrestling. It's at Territories Book. I'm gonna look that up on Instagram. At I think I saw it. It looked pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. Like the just the presentation of it. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Um, yeah, you should check it out though. At Territories Book. I'm looking right now. This is pretty cool. Yeah, you can like scroll through it like an actual book. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to one better this guy. I'm going to post this in my stories. What do you think of that? Oh, wow. That's hey, an age. Nick, uh, in April, like a lot of you, 
I was furloughed from work. And, you know, people should check it out, too. There's no timetable for my return. So I decided to dust off a project I've been working on for the past year and a half. SGG, you can't hear it, but I'm playing his audio right now. Uh, it's a book. Hey, I'm Nick. Uh, in April. That's okay. I've heard it. I was furloughed. Oh, you already heard it. Good. And like an injury angle, there's no timetable for my return. So I decided to dust off a project I've been working on for the past year and a half called Territories. Uh, it's a book. All right. So there you go. Uh, check that out. Cool, dude. Thanks for sending that. Hoping it brings you some love in quarantine. Hope it helps out in this time of insanity. And there's a trailer for the book. Cool, man. Oh, my gosh. This was a funny one we got the other day. By the way, I want to add this. Need more Need more reviews, comments, five stars. We, like, fell off the charts again. We'd been, we'd been crushing on the charts. We, like, back on the charts, really crushing it. And then the last few weeks, we're not even showing up on the charts. So I don't know why that happens. I never understand the logic. But... I hope you can get to it. Also, I want to remind you, don't forget about um, The Last Dance. Episodes, what, 7 and 8 this weekend? Yeah. 7 and 8, Last Dance, 9 o'clock on Sunday. So I assume most people have been watching because it's been tremend. Uh, I want to give a shout-out while we're at it to our friends at Hymns. Yes, Hymns. Okay? Um, I, I'd have to tell you about Hymns because they started sending me product. They sent me vitamins, some sleep vitamins, some heart, and some vitamin C. And what incredible timing to get an amazing allotment of vitamin C uh, uh, vitamins. Gummies, by the way, delicious gummies, all with everything I needed for the day in terms of uh, my vitamin C. And we all know as we're all avoiding being sick and avoiding this COVID-19, we want to be getting as much vitamins, vitamin C as possible. So... Shout out to Hims. They do so much. They have vitamins for men. Um, they also have amazing stuff for hair loss. So there's so many different ways to utilize Hims. All right. If baldness is an issue for you, trust me, man. Science has made it so baldness is optional. So get over to Hims right now. And right now our listeners can get started with their first month free. Go to forhims.com slash cheap. That's forhims.com slash cheap, all right? Prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Offer valid only if prescribed three-month minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash cheap. Now, also... That email I was about to get to. M- 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 have you mail. seen the shirt I have that says Ebro in the morning and the Michael K show and real late and cheap heat and Juan Epstein? Yeah. So Joe sent us a really funny email. He wrote, got to update the shirt again. Ebro in the morning and real late with Rosenberg and Juan Epstein and the Michael K show and ESPN and Complex Open Late, and WWE, and the Cheap Heat Podcast, and the Hot Dog Chicken Showdown, and going and going and going. (laughs) I thought the idea of a shirt that says going and going is really, really funny. And he said also, he he forgot ENN. So I would replace replace the Hot Dog Chicken Showdown with, uh, with, with ENN. Although the Hot Dog Chicken Showdown is going down on Sunday night. Don't forget to go to Shopify and get your wonderful T-shirts and check them out at 
on Rosenberg Radio or Stack Guy Greg. Um, all right, let's take one last email for the day. Ready? Mail. All right. Daniel writes us, greetings, sweet Pete and Statric Ewing. Not bad. I like Statric. I'm keeping that one. Statric Ewing? Yeah, I'm keeping Statric Ewing. I, I feel like you're more apt to take that than the one we got a couple weeks ago that I didn't even say on the air where someone referred to you as Fat Guy Greg. <laughs> but did that dude post a picture of themselves? I'm curious to see how <laughs> slim that gentleman. <laughs> Don't be petty. Just because he hit you, how how had that not crossed our mind with calling you physically large for so long? I never once called you FGG. <laughs> don't you dare, Rosenberg! Don't you dare! All right, I won't. I won't. I'll save it for very special occasions. The, we'll call it the 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 nick the nickname that will that shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Greetings, sweet Pete and Statric Ewing. I am in the military, and due to reassignment, I recently drove across country from San Diego to Norfolk. Uh, and I was accompanied by my father. He told me that him and my mother uh, did one of those DNA ancestry tests. He then informed me of some revelations with regards to my family heritage. Aside from my mother and father's new, uh, multiple new findings, two of them stuck out to me. 5% from Senegal and 5% Jewish. Two, imme- hmm. two immediate revelations came to mind. First, I am now eligible for the Black Power Rankings and also eligible for the JWO. However... <laughs> I do not want to suppress my family's original ethnicity of Cuban. I am creating an offshoot of the JWO that is LWO adjacent. It would be known as Jucha Libre or Jucha Underground. I haven't decided yet, and I am leaning towards Jucha Underground. We will be a band of high-flying Juchadors that wear cool masks. Myself, the Jubano, along with Psychowitz, Juventude Guerrera, and Ari Juan Kenobi will come to the ring with our music being a remix of Modest Yahoo and Big Pun. Also, we will flawlessly execute moves such as the Jua Kanrana, the Gefilte Fisherman <laughs> Suplex, and the Shooting Star of David Press. I also attached a logo. Stay Mage, the Jubano. And it's a, oh. and it's a luchador mask with the Star of David. Fantastic. What a way to close out. I love when oh. we... I love when we finish cheap heat and I'm, and I'm just in a good mood. I just feel better about the whole situation that we're all dealing with right now. So, yo, that was hilarious. That was also, I'm going, awesome. I'm going for Jucha Underground. You're going Jucha Underground? I'm going Jucha Underground. All right, that's fair. Um, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listening and supporting the podcast, and I, I hope you guys uh, are enjoying it. Hope you can support yeah. uh, if you have if you have money. And you feel like copping a new shirt? Hey, do it. I think it's fun yeah. to get some some stuff to wear around the house these days. I've actually been going way too hard. I, I actually just got a Grail shirt, SGG. I haven't even posted yet that I spent oh, man, what it... entirely too much money on. Shout out to at Wrestling for Sale, by the way. He's had so much great stuff. If you're looking to treat yourself to some wrestling merch, um, but what'd he, you get? He found me. I only first saw it for the first time like a month ago. Um, I had never seen it in my life. The parking lot bootleg from WrestleMania three. Oh yeah, I saw that. You saw it? I saw him post it. It's I didn't... Oh yeah, he posted it. He did post it. 
It's it's red. The back is ridiculous. Um, he posted it like a week ago. Um, I wonder how crazy the comments are. I'll tell you this though, we got it at a at a price, and then, and then I'll tell you right now, it, it just the things that were offered for it were were mind blowing, <laughs> mind blowing. The numbers that were being thrown out there. You know what's crazy too is that like like you said that was the the parking lot bootleg. And it's still worth worth that much. And and you wonder, I wonder how many were made of the bootleg. I mean, less probably actually, than, so less than the real shirt, right? Because I'm sure that inside the building they made a good amount of those WrestleMania threes. The Mania three shirt that I have, there's two, there's two different ones that they sold. Um, one that's in silver writing, and the more common one in the regular multi gold writing. That's that's like a relatively common wrestling shirt. Like you could get that for less than a hundred dollars, you know, or or at this point a hundred, one twenty-five. It's not insane. But this, the bootleg, you know, whoever made these in the parking lot, what they probably pressed up a few hundred, maybe five hundred of them. Yeah, maybe. You know, so, maybe, maybe those dudes, maybe those dudes who had that crew, maybe they copped them. You know, <laughs> maybe they made them. Maybe they made them. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's racist, first of all. And second of all, hilarious. Why, why is that racist? Why, you take why the, is that racist? <laughs> why, why is that racist? Some young black entrepreneurs can't make a wrestling shirt, Rosenberg? Well, just that their style, the style that they had, we all talked about it, looked like they were in a crew, and now you're suggesting they're bootleg, bootlegging merch, illegal merchandise, SGG? How no, no they're entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit. I'm suggesting <laughs> they have an entrepreneurial spirit. Well, listen, go check out the shirt. I'll post that on my IG maybe today. Um, and then we'll post the, the, uh, the, the hot dog chicken showdown, but love you guys for listening. Go post, uh, on iTunes if you can. I know I'm asking you for a lot. Email us, tweet us, whatever you like. We're here for you and we'll be back next week. SUG, do me a favor. We'll, uh, I'll talk to you at the hot dog chicken showdown on Sunday I, evening. I can't wait. Stay mage, bud. I can't wait. Enjoy yourself, Pete. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left. The major thing. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Red. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. M-m-m-m-mage. Mage. Mage.